You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Let's get our Bibles out. Let's get our Bibles out. And I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, 6, starting in verse 9. For anybody that's watching down this lens, I encourage you to get your Bibles out, participate. Church is not meant to be watched. It's meant to be engaged in, so I encourage you to engage with that. Get your Bibles out, whether you're here or at home, okay? Why do we do that? Because you need to know that I didn't say this stuff, right? I didn't write it. I would have written it a lot differently. I would have written it a lot differently, and it would have been a lot easier for me, right? I'd have had a lot of caveats and asterisks. Unless, you, if you, unless your name is Chris Taylor, you can do this. If your name is Chris Taylor, you can do this. Asterisk here, asterisk there, okay? But we're going to start something today, and we're probably going to be in it for the next at least, I would say, three weeks, okay? Let's just give it that, that spectrum. It might go a week longer. It might be a week less. I'm not sure. We'll just see what the Holy Spirit does. But the plan right now is for the next three weeks is to talk about a topic and deal with a subject matter that, again, it's one of those subject matters that if I stood at the door and had a little checklist and, and put on there, as you walked in, do you understand... And can you explain the subject matter of prayer? I would say I would probably get 98% of the people that walked into this building, we would all say, yep, I got that. Prayer, done. I know that one. I'm good with that. I got that. We could just slide on by. But the reality of it is, as we begin to dig into it, we have to check to make sure that when we say the word prayer, when we actively act in the action of prayer, that we're doing it from a biblical context. Do you, wait a second, Pastor. You mean you can actually pray outside of how the Bible says how prayer should be? Yes. Yes. It is amazing what we can do and, and, and over the years how we can take filters of maybe poor doctrine or poor teaching and we build up these scenarios or these theories on what this should be and yet we maybe have never gone back and just looked at what the word said and said let's just land there let's do that because if we land there that's our safety right okay so let's pray before we jump into this let's pray before we jump into this Father God, I thank you so much. <laughs> I thank you that we can actively do the thing that we're getting ready to do, talk about. So thankful that I have connection and we have connection from created being to creator that I can speak to you and you speak back. Father, if that is the case, then let our ears be open and our hearts be receptive today. Father, if our filters are off when this such important piece of communication between Father 
and child, if that communication barrier is off, if we have mixed it up, God, clean out our filters by the power of the Holy Spirit through the direction of the Word so that we, so there's nothing that hinders our communication back and forth. Father, we honor you today. Father, we are so thankful that you sent the Holy Spirit here. We don't, well, we don't ask him to come into this place. We recognize he is here. And Father, we just thank you that he is going to teach us and guide us and point back to everything that your son said so that we can glorify you in all things. Mature us up today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So we're going to talk about prayer. Everybody excited about that? Huh? Seems simple, doesn't it? It seems elementary. It seems something that we should do on a felt board, right? It is. But sometimes as grown, mature adults, we sometimes think we have concepts down that we actually maybe don't. And I am in the same boat as this. So we're going to walk this journey together. We are going to use Matthew chapter 6. I think it's starting in, and I made this font so small. Guys, if you could see the font on this text, it is hysterically small. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And this is where Jesus is going to look to his guys that are standing there, knowing that what he's about to say is going to be passed down. It is going to be a pattern for the church. These guys don't even know that the church is coming, right? You understand this? Like they don't even know that they are going to be the, the foundation that the church age is built on and he is giving them a pattern to go now carry this out walk this out this is the thing that I want you to pass down to the church so it keeps going because this will be the pattern of how I communicate and how my people will communicate with me and so we're going to use this pattern of Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse 9 through 13 and let's just read that and then let's kind of back up just for a second is that okay so here's what it says starting in verse 9 it says this this, then, is how you should pray. Jesus, I, I just love, I'm going to just stop right there. I just love that we have a creator that is so black and white. That he's just like, guys, let me just, let me just help you. Let me just not let you grope in the darkness. Let me, let, let me ramble on. Because right before this passage, he's going to say, guys, don't, don't, don't be like this. Don't ramble on. Don't do this. Don't do it in public. Don't, don't be out here. And we're not going to deal with the don'ts. I want to deal with the do's today. Is that fair? And so he says, don't do this, but do it like this. And he's going to give us this framework, this beautiful framework. Not, and I, let me repeat this, not a mantra. This is not something to, that, we, that we take and just repeat and some, oh, if I just say this, everything goes right. No, it is, a, it is a framework for the believer to fit his needs, his walk into this framework, but this is how it should be done. And he says this, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, great, mighty, powerful, amazing, terrifying is your name your kingdom come your will be done where on earth in our lives as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread our provision and forgive us for our debts where we've fallen short and as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one what a simple format what a simple structure of defining what he says this 
is how my people should pray. But So let's back up just for a second. So now that we have a context, now that we have a pattern, let's first define what is. What is prayer? Come on, well, I'll just, I'm just throwing that question out to you guys. What, would you, what is prayer? In like a one word, if you could wrap it up, what is it? Conversation, okay, what else? Communication, that's good. Anything else? I think that kind of covers it. Prayer is simply, it is communication. Let's not make this deeper than what it is. Prayer is a supernatural thing that links the created to the creator through a means of, of words, right? Not actions, not do's, not I'm going to do this. No, no, it is, it is how I communicate. I am going to use my mouth and I'm going to use my words and I'm going to communicate with that which created me and that which created me is going to communicate back. That's prayer. It's a biblical definition of prayer. And we see that. And prayer isn't a New Testament thing. It's not an Old Testament thing. It is a Bible thing. You see, God never stopped. God, ne God spoke to his, his creation in the beginning, right? His creation spoke to him, right? And then Jesus came and he spoke to the creation and the creation spoke to the creator. Oh, and guess what? And then Jesus left and who came after that? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to creation. And the Korea's creation can speak back through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not an old concept or a new concept. This is a biblical concept. Meaning, you can see from the beginning of the pattern, He was always wanting and desiring to be in relationship. Not just relationship, but direct communication with His creation. And that's good. Now, let, let me just say this, and this is just an asterisk in this because I don't want to spend too much time on this. Because some of us come out of church situations where we've heard this a lot. Well, God said this to me. God spoke this to me. Well, the Lord said this to me. The Lord said this to me. And God spoke this to me. And that's great. I never question whether or not that God speaks. What I do question is what He said to you. And here's what I mean by that. One thing that you will always see from the very beginning of time is God is never going to speak to creation outside of the scope of who God is. Meaning, meaning this, when somebody tells you, when somebody comes to you and says, when somebody says, God's telling me to leave my wife because she's just not spiritual enough and I need to leave her and go find a more spiritual wife. I believe he said that to me. I don't doubt that God speaks. I doubt He said that. Amen. You follow me on that? Yeah. Oh, God told me to get into this 78% interest rate loan so I could have that trinket. I don't believe that God, I don't not believe that God speaks. I just don't believe He said that. Well, how, Pastor Chris, oh, who do you think you are that you can just judge what God would say? Uh, yeah, because he never speaks out of the context of this. He never ever speaks out of the parameters and outside of the parameters that he set up. 
He will never speak to you. Let me just tell you something. He will never speak to you after the laws and rules and regulations that he set up in his word. Never. Not in, a, not in a side, not just in a pinch, not just for you, and maybe not for you. No, it's across the board. God does not speak outside of God. And so the beauty of that is this. I can always judge what I think God is saying to me by what? By his word. So isn't it beautiful that not only does the Creator speak to us, but because we're, all, because we're limited and we're a broken vessel, if we're ever questioning whether or not we think something is God, we can always... He gave us written communication to back up what we think we heard, right? Through communication through words. Are you following me on this? Okay. That's a big deal. No, no, I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm just telling you, we got too many people running around saying God said this and God said that and God said this and God said that. And then I just look at the Bible and I go, I'm sorry, no, he didn't. I mean, I don't care how churchy you make it sound and I don't care how you say, but the Lord, I don't care what you do with your voice. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you affect it. If it doesn't line up with this, I don't care. He didn't say it. I'm not judging it. The word is judging it. Follow me on that? Now, here's the thing. We love to say that outwardly and project that on other people, but I'm saying that so that we use this against ourselves. You follow me on this? Because I've always said that it's very easy to hear God say yes when I already want it to be yes. It's very easy to, well, look at that cloud. It looks like a, 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 a Y, and that one looks like an E. He must, oh, yep, he's saying yes. No, he's not. That's just a cloud. That's just a cloud. Settle down there, right? So defining it, understanding that, that the definition of what prayer is, is that communication. Now, uh, so why? Here's the next question is, why do we need to pray? Number one reason, can I tell you number one? Oh, because we need it. Oh, because we need to. No, no. Number one reason we should pray is this, because we're commanded to. Let me just say that again, child of God. If you are not in direct communication with the creator of the universe through your words and you are not praying to him, you are going outside of a very command that he gave us. Not only did he give us a command, Jesus, his son on earth, gave us a pattern to follow and he communicated with the father. Follow me on this? Let's just look at some of the passages and, and we'll just jump around. You don't have to go to these, but I just want you to see this. I want you to see this. This is what the Word says over and over. Be jo this is in Romans chapter 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Ongoing, Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the Spirit. When? On all occasions. Well, I don't know, I don't know, but, but Pastor Chris, isn't that a tongues thing? Listen to me. This, everybody takes that and goes, well, that's tongues, and I don't know how I feel about that. If I have the Holy Spirit in me, I'm praying in the Spirit, whether it is in tongues, or whether it is in English, or whether it's in Swahili. Did you hear what I just said? Stop making that so difficult. 
Stop making that so difficult. Stop making that the red badge of courage. Well, I, I, speak, I pray in the spirit, and that's when I pray in the tongues. No, I pray in the spirit when I'm speaking English because the spirit guides me under what I need to pray. And whether that comes out in a tongue or whether that comes in out in another language, it doesn't matter. I am, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. Are you follow me on this? Okay? Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, what? By what? Prayer and, per, and petition. With thanksgiving, present your re, a request to God. Colossians 4, uh, 4, 2. Devote yourselves to what? Prayer. Being watchful and thankful 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. There is a mandate for a child of God that our life should be marked by an ongoing conversation between the created and the creator. This is not a request. This is not a well, maybe I will. Maybe, you know, maybe you know, my, my prayer life's not just what it should be. No, 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 no. This is not about your prayer life. This is about you being obedient to a command of the Father. Start there. Because the second you make this just about your prayer life, well, and it's coming and going, you stop and you minimize the fact that when I'm not praying, I'm actually in sin. And it's easy for me to digest that my prayer life is just waning rather than me digest the fact that I might actually be sinning. Do you hear what I just said? Sometimes we've never, and I know in my own life, I've never, I've never looked at my own life and thought, man, when I'm not praying, when I'm not giving this to God, when I'm not continually praying, I'm just not, not communicating. I'm actually in sin. I need to repent that I'm not communicating this because he commanded me to. There's a little bit heavier weight than just by a devotional and maybe your prayer life will come up. No, some of us need to repent because we've never looked at the weightiness of the fact that he commanded us to do this. You follow me on this? Okay. Now let's do this. Let's get into this. So what's the purpose of prayer? What's the purpose of prayer? And before I answer that question, I, I need to... I need to kind of deal with a filter of ours that I think some of us might have it a little broken. And I want you to look at something. I want you to go with me real quick. Go to, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. We're just going to focus on 16. You can read the rest of it, but we'll just focus on 16. Are you still with me today? Is this okay? Is this a boring topic? Good. Good, good, good. I mean, I'm still going to preach it. I don't, it doesn't matter. Some of the most boring things I've ever listened to are the things that matured me up the most, just so you know that. Hebrews chapter uh, 4, starting in verse 14 through 16. You can just put 16 up there if you want. I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And I want to deal with something before we get into the purpose, because some of us have a filter off that when we think about our connection in our prayer life, we filter it through some of these verses. These are, these are kind of our go-to verses, all right? And I need to make sure that we have an understanding, and we're even going to use Matthew chapter 6 to kind of prove this and to make sure that Jesus himself, when he gives us this pattern, is using it to protect us. And this is what it says. Tell me if you've heard this. Verse 16 says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? 
confidence, right? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, right? Some of us will use that word, I can go before the throne with what? Boldness, right? And confidence, right? And so anytime that somebody starts talking about prayer, we kind of have this kind of stuck in our craw, in our filter, that this is our concept. We have this concept of, I'm going to go boldly before God. I'm going to go confidently before God. Yes, let me just say this. You, as a child of God, have the right... You have the right to go before the Father, the creator of the universe, and you can do it confidently, meaning you can be confident in the fact that when you do approach him and begin to speak to him, that he's not going to smack you with a backhand and say, get out of here. Our confidence isn't in the fact that, that I, can, I, I can just go in and it's because of me. Our confidence rests in the fact that Jesus died on the cross, paid the price for us, is now standing in between me and the Father. And so my boldness isn't a boldness in me. It's a boldness and a confidence that Christ has done this for me. And that's what gets me in the room. You follow me on this? But, but here's the problem. Some of us have used that word boldness and confidence that we almost kind of get it into this weird, like, arrogant place. And here's what I mean by that. And I've heard this preach, and I've heard it talk like this. Man, I could just walk into the throne room, and I could tell God, God, I need this. God, I need you to do this. I want you to do this right now, because I can, I claim this scripture, Hebrews chapter 4. I can walk in here, and I can be bold. No, 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 no. You get to go in the room boldly. You get to go in the room confidently. You are not equals. Let me say this again. The boldness and the confidence isn't my, I'm now bold enough because now me and him are equals. I'm confident enough now that I can talk to him because me and him are equals. You're not equals. And if we do not have this filter removed out of us, it will get us into some weird places. It'll get us into some weird ideas of what prayer is. I just tell God what I need and that's what happens. Because ah, I'm, I'm bold. I'm confident. I can go before him. No, you're not. You're a created being. Do I need to read Job? I'll read the entire book to you. He has not changed from being when man gets so bold that he can declare and demand God still. You know how many times I have been in that Job moment where I've, got, I've gotten a little big in my britches and I've just boldly said, Father, you're going to do this. And he was like, I'm sorry, do we need to talk about the lightning again? Do we need to talk about where I keep the hail and how I told the ocean to stop? Listen, I, you got in here because of my grace and mercy through Jesus, and I'm not kicking you out. So you can confidently be in my presence. But do not be confused, child. Do not be confused, child. I am the father and you are the child. My kids can come into my room anytime I want. They, they're, they're confident. They're, they're confident. If I'm in a room and, and crew needs, crew can come to me anytime he wants. He's not afraid to come into my presence, right? He's not. And crew's not afraid to come into my presence when there's something wrong or something right. He's not afraid to come into my presence when he needs or he's lacking. He's not. But he's surely not going to come into my presence and demand of me because we're equals. Are you following me on this? He is my child. I am the father. There has to be an amount of respect 
he can be confidently and boldly in my presence. But if he gets it out of whack where he gets to come in and go, Dad, give me this. Dad, give me this. Why? Because I demanded it of you. Because you let me, I, I, I'm, we're on the same page. We're on the same level. And, and I'm telling you guys, how many of you have ever got that kind of, in your mind, that filter, when we start to pray, we kind of pray from that angle of, of like, oh, no, 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 they told me. I went to a prayer conference on how to get my prayers answered. And they told me to just be bold and just be confident. And that's how I get my prayers answered. As if God is shaken by you. As if God's plan was going this way and you walked in boldly and said, I don't want it to go that way. And he was like, ooh, my bad. Guys, 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 make it go the other way. I'm sorry. I see your confidence and I see your boldness. No, he is still the creator of the universe and there still has to be an amount of us respecting that relationship. Are you hearing me on that? I love this in, in John, and we even will quote this kind of thing in John chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. We'll kind of use this verse, and, and people grab a hold of this verse all the time, where Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And we're like, yep, there it is. There it is. I can be bold. I can be confident. And I just tell him what to do, and he has to do it, because he said that. I'm sorry, you're taking so much of the rest of the word out of context and applying it to this as if Jesus now just out of all he's ever done was him saying, I've come to glorify the Father. I've come to make a way to the Father. As if all of a sudden, because he says these words and we twist them, he's now gone from being somebody that glorifies the Father to a genie in a bottle. I just get to tell him what to do, and he said he'd do it. Right? Rub my little cross magnet on my chest. Ooh, you got to do what I say. You said it right here. No, no, no. He said, if you ask in my name, meaning you're asking according to my will, and if, I, and if it is according to my will, then I will do it because it will glorify my Father. Never get that twisted. I'm never going to do something for you, child, that doesn't glorify my Father. You follow me on this? So, so we got to make sure that those filters are right. We first got to make sure that we understand. Everybody say this. I am the created. He is the creator. I can never get those two things mixed up. Okay. Now, let's deal with this. And we're just scratching the surface here. Are you guys still with me on this? So let's look at this real quick. I want to ask you this question. So what is, what do you think is the purpose of prayer then. Come on, just yell it out. What do you think? Communication. I'll give you that. What else? What's the purpose of prayer? Relationship, huh? Fellowship, okay. Those are all really good church words. What else? Come on, what else? Come on, we got more than that. What else is the purpose of prayer? I'll wait. What else do you think? What's the purpose for? Think about it in your own life. What is the purpose for? What do you, we think the purpose is? Huh? Bringing our requests to God? Yeah. Okay? Thank, that's, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, right? Right? Saying thank you to God? Like there's all kinds of purposes, right? Like there's all kinds, like all of us can go back in our life and look at different times that we were praying and, and the purpose seems different every time. 
but I, I want to just, I, I want to just throw this out here for us. And I want to make sure that as we get into talking about prayer, that we understand the number one, when we look at the context of Matthew chapter 6, the number one purpose of praying the way Jesus said, this is how you pray, is positioning. Let me say that again. The number one reason for praying, and the number one reason that Jesus said, pray like this, because he knew the pattern he was giving us was going to protect us and position us in a way that God will be glorified. What do I mean by that? Let's just go back and look at this. Let's just go back to Matthew. Are you still with me? So let's go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, or Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, says this. This, then, is how you should pray. He's giving us the context. Does Jesus ever waste words? Is he ever at a loss for words? Do you ever think he was just like, mm, what sounds good? I'll say this. So there's a reason why he starts off this prayer in this way. Our Father who is in heaven. Let's just stop right there. From the very beginning of the pattern of this prayer, he automatically defines and puts the believer that is praying this in the proper position. What do I mean by that? The second I have to pray, if I'm going to somebody and I'm praying and I'm asking, I'm going to, there's going to be a request, I have to believe, number one, that the things that I'm asking for, I'm, I'm talking to the right person. I'm talking to the right place. So right off the bat, Jesus says, guys, listen. Before we get into anything, before we talk about provision, before we talk about repentance and forgiveness and all of these things and everything that you're going to need, the first thing that I need you to do, that I need you to always do when you're getting into communication with the Father and your prayer should be positioning you in the right place. And that is, God, you're in heaven and I'm not. God, you are the creator, you are the author, you're the rule maker. You're the authority, and I am not. So everything from the very beginning starts off with, I've got to be in right position. For anything that's coming, if I'm not in that position, meaning if I don't go to Him in the right position, if I don't go to the Father in the context of God, I'm coming to you with the full knowledge that you are good, your name is amazing, it's terrifying, it's unbelievable, it's, I, I, I can't comprehend it, you are so good. God, you are in heaven and I am not. I am the created, you are the creator. If I am not in that position, everything else... Everything from that moment on, if that is not the initial position, I promise you, you will pray from either a place of boldness that you think you're equals, or you'll pray from a boldness, or I'm sorry, you'll pray from a place of self-driven, let me be glorified and not you. Let me be the winner and not you. Everything will be filtered through that. If I don't initially have that you are the above, I am not, then everything, if I'm not careful with that, everything that I pray from there on, if I don't have that in the right place, it will be about me-centric and me winning. But when I have God as the right place and my heart now is positioned and he says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done. Not my will be done. Make your kingdom line up with my will. Jesus is not at a loss for words when he gives the pattern of the church for prayer. When he gives this pattern to the believers, he's not at a loss of words. He's not just saying, well, this will be a great way to start it. He's not practicing for a Hallmark career. He's doing it very strategically because he knows as a child of God, your job, your job as a child of God is not about you. It is to glorify God. So before I go and present anything before him, I need to let him know and let myself know I'm in the right position to do whatever comes next. Your will be done, not mine. Oh my goodness. That's a terrifying thing because that might shape what I say next. Or that also might shape what I'm okay with next. Let me give you a couple of examples with this. Are you all right with that? Okay, you still with me? I want you to see this. I want you to see this. So why do we need to understand this? And why do we need to understand that position is so right? Well, I brought some a million dollars worth of, of props here. Let me give you this example. You guys see this box? Okay, it's what? What's, what's in there? Well done, well done, well done, okay? It's really good. Let me give you this example. Let me explain what happens to our prayer life when we don't have the understanding and we're not in the right position. Here's what happens. When I don't have the right position that he is God and I want his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and that's all I care about, what happens is this. We see our lives and we see spaces in our lives that we think are empty, right? Because we think we need. I need, I need. So when we do not have ourselves in the right position, God, I just, all I really care about is for you to be glorified. All I really care about is for your will to be done. What happens is if I don't have that right, then our, our prayer life turns into this. My box is empty. Would you put something in it? In fact, I've already got the thing that I want picked out. Put that in there. My box is empty. You don't want me to have an empty box. Don't you want to be glorified in my full box? Put some more trinkets in there. My box is empty. Or this. I put this thing in my box. Bless it. I, I know I didn't ask you about it. I didn't, I didn't talk to you about it. But I put this in my box. Make it work to my behalf. Right? I'm in a relationship with somebody that I shouldn't be. Bless it. Right? I've made a financial decision that I shouldn't have made. Bless it. You follow me on this? Yeah. Right? I've made terrible life choices. Bless them. What happens is, is what we don't realize is that when we, because there are going to be times that our box is going to be empty. There are going to be times, there are going to be times that you're going to want something in that box. There are going to be times as a child. How many of you have kids? Raise your hands. How many of you ever have kids that have a need? All the time, right? All the time. All the time. I was joking with Crew the other day. I sent him a text and he, he sent me this text. And he said, happy 25th anniversary, man. Uh, you know, it's so good. And I said, yeah, it's been so good. I said, me and mom have been sitting around talking about those first four years, how they were just amazing, right? And he's like, whatever, whatever, right? 
But there are times we're going to have needs in this box. I need something in this box. But follow me on this. Follow me on this. If I'm consumed with what is in my box or not in my box, then what will happen is, is I will get, I will be dependent on the outcome of what he does for my happiness and my joy. But when I have this attitude of God, I just want your will to be done. I just want you to be glorified. And so now, now, if I do present this request of, but I have this need, and I, if you would, but you know what? This isn't going to fulfill me. So whether you put that in this box or not, I have you. And you're going to be glorified whether this box is full or not. And you're going to be glorified whether, whether I get what I'm asking for or not. That's not the point. You told me. Your word says to present things. Present the needs. So I'm doing that. But Father, even if you don't put it in there, I'm okay because I've got you. I'm not looking for fulfillment. I am fulfilled. You follow me on this. And do you see how easy it is to get twisted when we miss the fact that the main purpose of prayer is positioning? Let's look at another example. Can I, can I use a couple of examples? I mean, I brought those, so I might as well, right? How many is this? So we, we come to God, and we've got this rope, and it's all mangled up, and it's all twisted, right? And we just, we just twist this, and we just come to God because we've got this problem, and we don't want to fix it, and we don't like it, and we just go, fix this! Make it straight! Right? Make it straight. Here's the problem problem is, is sometimes the response to make it straight is you need to repent. This is twisted this way because you're off. It's twisted this way because of some of the life decisions that you made and you need to repent and obey me and walk under my lordship. Nope, nope, nope. I'm just boldly here, confidently here. Make it straight. That's what they said in the conference, right? Be bold, be confident, make it straight, right? And how many of you as a good parent, if your child walked in with a problem, knowing that this was a moment that you could teach them on how to unwind this themselves and to repent and see, look, you got a little fast here, you twisted this a little wrong. How many of you as a good parent would not take that moment to teach in them and work in them? You might still untangle this, but you're not going to miss the moment to work something into your child that needs it. But when we are out of position and when our heart's not right and our goal is not Him to be glorified, all we can see is make this right. Make it right. Well, I need you to repent. Nope, that's not what I asked. Make it right. I need you to repent. Nope, 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 I don't think you heard me. Make it straight. What's another example? Oh, come on, this is a good one. I love this one. Right? Um, God, there's some people I need you to handle. There's a situation, right? <laughs> There's a situation, and uh, I need you to handle it. Take it and handle it. Let your will be done. Smite them, Father, right? Boils and hail and brimstone. Bring it forth. Locusts, let it be so, right? Right? 
It's amazing sometimes that when we go before God and we are out of position in our hearts and we present Him the bat to, to fix our problems with those around us, if we are out of position, we will not like His response when He looks at us and says, I need you to forgive them and to love them and to serve them. Nope, hit them with the bat. Nope, no, 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 no. This sounds much better. Hit them with the bat. Right? How many of you have ever offered the bat to God? Anybody here? Oh, yes, man. In fact, I've been like this. You know what? That's not big enough. I'll be right back. <laughs> right? That ain't big enough. I got to put something bigger in your hand. And we, if we are not out, if we are not in the right position, meaning if our heart is in not, not in the right position, when he looks back at his child and says, I need you to forgive them, and to serve them because they are not your enemy. They're a child, they're my creation that needs me and I want to use you to get them to me. I just want to hit them with a bat. Do you see how if we are not in the right position, we will be frustrated in our prayer life? God, my box is empty. My rope is tangled. You haven't hit anybody with a bat that I told you to. Last one, I'm just going to use this. I'm trying to give us some practical. What about this one? This actually kept me from stopping and stealing this, so that's really good. I was going to, and then I read, I didn't have to repent today. But how many of you, how many of you have ever looked at your life and you've seen the direction it was headed and life circumstances have happened and, and, and it's going a direction, and you're like, I don't want to go that way. I, that's a terrible sign. I don't want that. I don't want to walk through that. Take this away. Give me another sign. No, no, no make it turn that way. No, 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 uh, uh, no, no. Give me a stop sign. Give me a yield, even though I don't know what that means. Give me, give me something else. Give me something else. I don't want that. And he's like, no, but this, this is the way you're going to go. But I don't like where I'm headed. Guys, if our heart is not in the right position, if it's not in the right position, think about Jesus in the garden. Jesus goes to the Father and said, God, if you could take this cup away from me, if there could be another way, not my will, but your will be done. He prays that three times. And then by the end of it, God's like, that's it. And he goes, all right, let's get up and go. He gives us this beautiful pattern to follow. He wasn't confused when he opened this dialogue of making sure our hearts were in the right position because there are going to be moments. It is not if, it is when. You are going to be handed a sign and you're already going to either be on that road and you're not going to like it and it's not going to seem fair and it's not going to be good and you're going to go, you know what? I'm boldly coming for you. I'm boldly, I, I'm confidently coming and telling you to give me another sign. And he is like, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My, I am strong in your weakness. I don't care about that stuff. Give me another sign. But when our heart is in the right place, Father, I don't want to be on this road. I don't like this sign, but my life is not my own, and you be glorified. The number one purpose of prayer is not getting what we want in our box. 
a bat being smoked over somebody's head, a problem being untangled, a sign being given, a new direction. That is not the number one purpose. The, nor, the number one purpose of prayer is to get us in the right position that no matter what is to come, no matter what His response, no matter what the, 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 the follow-up is, no matter if I get or I don't or I have to go, and so whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Your will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven because I am not a child of this kingdom anymore and so my own goal just like the one I follow after is I have come to glorify the Father let me be found in the right position let me be found in the place where all I care about, whether my box is empty, my rope is still tangled, the bat hasn't been swung, and I've got the wrong sign, but you be glorified, it's good, fine. It's fine. This is where we have to start with this prayer. This is where we have to start with making sure that our filters are right when we start talking about the subject matter of prayer. Am I in the right position? Did you guys hear me today? Let's pray. Father, let the prayer of this house and the commitment of this house, let us always strive for being in the right position, not for our sake, but for you to be glorified. Father, whether that needs, we need to be convicted and repent and line up and get our hearts right. Father, let it be so. Whatever it takes, let our hearts cry it, not be give me more stuff, untangle, send me, do this. No, let it be let your will be done and let me be an instrument of glorifying you. Let that be the cry of this house. Let it be the cry of this house. Father, we honor you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, stand to your feet. This help anybody today? Huh? Are you excited about where we're going with this? Huh? It's going to be good. I don't want you to miss the next couple of weeks. It's going to be good. We're going to start digging into the provision. We're going to be digging into when we request and, and all of that other stuff that comes along with it. And seeing this beautiful pattern that he lays out, it's going to be good, guys. I want you to have a great rest of your Sunday. Guys, I Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.